You guys remember the good old days? Back when burning taro, oh, you can hear it, right? The wind. Back when burning taro didn't even try. By burning taro, I mean I, T, of burning taro. Tiffany Lee Brown, that's my real name. Didn't even try to do anything about the wind in the microphone. Back in the olden days. Then I got a really cool wind protector. It's a sock, a fuzzy thing. In the audio engineering world, people call those a, a dead cat. I hope that didn't offend you. It isn't an actual dead cat. Anyway, mine, my furry microphone thingy, was in my little orange backpack. The tiger backpack that was my son's for one day in kindergarten. After day one, the kindergarten people, the school people, informed us that the tiny little children must wear a regular teenage-sized backpack in order to fit a bunch of giant folders and stuff. It made me sad, and I kept the beautiful backpack because it fit well on my short person's back. That's me, short person. <clears throat> yep, and my tiger backpack has been missing for a while now. This is upsetting for many reasons. And uh, one of them is that the dead cat, that isn't really a dead cat, ha ha, just a joke, that was in the backpack. Now, that's not really the reason it's taken me so long to get to our next tarot reading, which is what we're going to be doing here on our walk today. I've wrapped a cloth napkin around the phone to hopefully shield the wind. The reason that I'm very overdue in providing you with a reading is that I've been having some health difficulties. And, you know, sometimes when that's going on, when you're dealing with intense body stuff, intense mental stuff, or grief in your life, you may not have what it takes to give a good reading, to do a good podcast, or to reach out to other people in a big way. If you read publications, if you read blogs, <clears throat> even if you take in social media, if you read newspapers, if you listen to podcasts, radio, etc., you're actually taking in a huge amount of somebody's energy. It's not just the time that's spent producing it. There's an energetic component to what we put out into the world. And I think our card this week gives a good example of how we can really pay attention to our energetic releases and to what we're taking in. And we can also pay attention to uh, well, what do we expect of those who provide our, what we now call, content what are we getting from them energetically? What do we give them energetically? Or financially or whatever. These are interesting questions. One of the uh, spiritual teachers that I follow and donate to every month and learn from a great deal and buy a couple readings from every year. This person has been going through um, a personal grief. Someone close to them has had a very severe medical incident and they've had to slow down uh, on what they can provide. The folks like me who are providing support and in that case it's through the Patreon platform. So every month money goes out to this person and so they, this person was apologizing and I thought, you know, you don't have to apologize to me. I am really happy to support you even when there's no way <laughs> there's no way you can you know leave this loved one and move move them to the side corner of your brain in order to um give us a reading or a, a video reading or a podcast or whatever and I think the other followers had a similar reaction. It wasn't like, oh, hey, you should be posting all the time. It was like, oh, my gosh. Go be real. Be there with this loved one of yours. And their loved one is recovering now, and that's all very good news. 
But that got me thinking about myself. Sometimes when I'm injured or when I have uh, my chronic health recurrent issues or in my new ca- in the case of what I'm going through now, brand new health thing. Never been through anything like this one before. Um, sometimes that makes me want to reach out more, post something more, say hello, hello more, to hear back more too. Sometimes on the other hand, I just don't have the right energetic frequency, the vibration, or the simple life force energy to deliver a reading that I would consider uh, of any reasonable quality. And so I just kind of bow out for a few weeks. So that's what I have been doing. And I have been thinking about those energies in general. What we send out, how we send it out, what we get back, and how all of that works. So when I pulled a card for us this week, it's partly a general card, and it partly comes from this context of having an ongoing uh, series of conversations about those energy exchanges that we do. And particularly in the case of an internet-based world, and particularly in the context of capitalism, what does that do to our energy? And what can we think about this week? And maybe you're like, all right, all right, already. What is the card? The card we picked for this week is the King of Cups Reversed. Actually, when I first grabbed him, he was upside down. That's your reversal. And the second time he came out, he came out uh, facing, you know, not upside down, right side up. So when a card does that, um, and sometimes it'll do it physically, like say you pull a card out of the deck and you're reading it um, reversed in this case, and then while you're talking to your querent, your client, um, the cards get squished over and one of them falls on the ground, right? It's on the floor and it comes uh, right side up. So I always listen to that. I pay attention to that. And in this case, it was the card uh, being moved from the deck into a pocket. So I feel like this card wants us to read it both ways. And I would say in general, you can do that with reversals. Um, You can read the reversal. And then I like to think of it as turn that frown upside down. You can read okay, what happens to the, this card's energy if we move it to a, a right-side-up position? So, you know, there's usually a, an interesting dynamic tension between the card and its meaning and its potential reversed meaning. And reading them both at once can be quite fruitful. So King of Cups, this takes us to the water category, the water element. Water is nice and juicy and wet, which does not describe the forest I'm walking through right now. We have had a, uh, a nice summer, much less consistently dry and hot than the last however many years Uh, We've been in such a big drought here in Central Oregon. But at this time of year, even without a terrible particular (laughs) season, thanks climate change, um, things are crispy. Things are pretty hot. We are getting a little cool bite of air in the mornings. Um, The stream that I sometimes walk you guys along in the springtime and early summer that's a snowmelt stream, and that has stopped running anywhere near anywhere near here. I'm sure it's still running way up on the mountain. So pulling the cups out here in the dryness, you can hear all that cracklingness beneath my feet. Dry pine cones, semi-dried grasses, tall ponderosa pine trees, and their needles. 
So this is not an environment where you would think of the cups and the water necessarily. King of Cups reversed suggests that we do need to pay attention to the watery elements of ourselves and in our lives. So what does that mean? Emotional health comes first. We have to pay attention right now to our emotional health. And there's also some interesting stuff astrologically going on with Neptune. And this card has great resonance with Neptune. Um, right, Poseidon, god of the sea. This is the king of the water. And the planet Neptune is uh, making some sextiles and some other aspects. And I think, and I haven't, I love following astrology, but I haven't heard anybody really riffing on what Neptune's doing right now, but I've been noticing it because it's very strong in my own natal chart. Um, And I think that Neptune is kind of juicing up, adding to uh, what other planets are doing right now, particularly Uranus and Pluto. King of Cups and Neptune, both I would say, can trade in the realm of, um, on on the plus side, there can be emotionality and depth that sometimes we are lacking. There can be uh, a dive into what is mystical and strange and unknown. The bigger, weirder, more psychedelic, philosophical murk. I also think of how we all evolved, we all stepped out of the ocean or slithered out of the ocean at some point to become land creatures. If you're an evolutionary theory person, and I kind of mostly am, semi. So the, the water element, you know, that's the primordial ooze from which we emerged. So in some ways, it's wonderful to reconnect with it. And in other, in other ways, it's a little scary a little scary. The King of Cups is obviously a masculine, you know, kind of patriarchal character from a story, right? He's a king. But the water element is very much identified with what we would consider the yin or feminine sides of ourselves. And that goes for everybody. It doesn't matter what biological gender or biological sex you were born with. It doesn't matter what gender you're identifying as, etc., etc. Um, we all have these masculine and feminine qualities and we all contain all four elements when we draw a strong card like this like one of the court cards particularly um from from one of these elements the four suits of the tarot it's really telling us you should pay some attention to your water self that's your receptive yin feminine self And uh, your depth of ancestry, your sense of being connected to all else in the universe with you, but maybe with that water and Neptune energy come the feeling that maybe you're not the best with boundaries. You're not sure where you leave off and the other stuff begins. This is particularly true of when we dive into inner consciousness. If you've spent time meditating, if you've done, oh, whatever, hypnosis, psychedelic drugs, there's a lot of ways in to that weirder realm. And it it always takes us to the collective unconscious if we follow it deeply enough. Our sense of like, I am a little contained being. And to dial back into our little capitalism moment we talked about earlier. You know, I'm a little separate person going and doing my thing at the factory with my lunchbox. Can be a metaphorical factory, right? And then I'm going to punch out of the time clock. And then I'm going to go back to my apartment and turn on the TV. 
you know, there's this, there's a story that our culture likes to tell us about who we are. And a lot of our self-help culture and psychiatric culture also do this. They're very, very big on boundaries in the last decade or so, right? Boundaries are what it's all about. But this other part of ourselves isn't really that impressed by boundaries. And in fact, oozes right past them. So if you're tripping hard, (laughs) just to choose an example some of you will be familiar with, you know, let's say you've um, taken a bunch of mushrooms, you've dropped some acid. You might go to a place that you cannot have words about, cannot, you know, put words on, and you can't necessarily identify, but maybe it feels very familiar. And you might go to a place where you can feel all these other beings with you. With you, but also out there. And then you might feel those boundaries of yourself and your ability to think of yourself being a self, having this experience. That all dissolves. Because you're just becoming one with the, with the woo. With the great lake. The high, deep lake in the mountains that is peaceful. That is all consciousness. And if you have sat beside this lake or jumped right in, then you know what I'm talking about. And chances are, anybody listening to Burning Tarot has at least been close to that kind of experience. The good thing about those experiences, uh, they allow us to be deliberate about our vast water selves. The parts of ourselves that uh, are not so um, delineated that don't wear the uniform and say the right words, but simply, you know, melt. Uh, You might have a sexual experience that's like that, where you're melting into the other person. In meditation, some of us uh, will, will have this kind of lakeside experience I described before, or, or we'll simply leave our bodies, right? We just float right away. <laughs> now, if you've had these experiences, you will know that they are very revealing and very interesting, and they can be scary. Here's where the King of Cups comes in. This vast, undefined, super-duper powerful the giant lake, a huge ocean that we emerged out of in evolution. These vast, feminine, super-duper-duper powerful, beyond words kind of places. When you're in there, it can feel like drowning in real life. Or being dragged out by a riptide into the ocean. Where you're like, um, am I? Oh, I'm going to get dashed into... The pilings under the jetty. That almost happened to me once when I was about 12 years old. I was right at that age where I was so embarrassed I didn't want to yell for help. Oh my gosh. Thankfully someone helped me anyway. There were a bunch of us that got trapped out there. So uh, it's very nice to think about like, well, like let's just dissolve those boundaries and groovy, movie, schmovie wiggle it around in the primordial ooze and get all wet and lose our inhibitions and our boundaries and our dividing lines that are constantly keeping us from just being one with this amazing universe and with each other. But sometimes when you're out there, you're like, well, that was a nice float. Holy shit, how do I get back to the shore? Because as far as I know, most of us, everyday humans, uh, we don't have what it takes to stay out there in the water. Dissolving into the water is more of a death kind of thing to do. It's not really what the little human body with its 
gentle, fragile delineation, which is the skin. Um, now, it's not what we're really meant to do. I think there are some spiritual journeyers who are still alive in bodies who can do a heck of a lot more with a lake dive or a trip to the metaphorical ocean um, without worrying about drowning or being insecure about finding their way back to their body. But, you know, I'm not a giant, amazing guru. I'm just a mom and a poet and a tarot reader and a journalist. And uh, I can't stay out there very long. So the King of Cups, the King of Cups, I think, tells us that we're going to be having some experiences with that great wateriness, with places where the boundaries begin to dissolve. This can come up simply in emotional interactions with people. So it can just take the form of something that doesn't seem like, hey, I was meditating and I had this like woo-woo far out experience. It doesn't have to be that. It can be simply our, our emotional lives and they might become more reactive. We might be feeling more of a bumpy ride and we might find ourselves kind of going for other people as a result. And I would say that um, we also have some astrological stuff. So we've got like Mars has just gone into Gemini. Um, Mercury going into Libra. So there could be um, a tendency to really try to redefine things by putting them in words. And perhaps doing that in a very hasty way perhaps even an unkind or ill-thought-out way. This is the part where those of you who know me start to laugh. Because though I am a writer by trade, Lord knows I say stuff that offends. I do work on it, though. And I think that that's what the King of Cups here, combined with the astrology of the moment, is trying to bring to bear, trying to point out our emotionality... Uh, might be linked to something deeper than us and bigger. And yet we might have this temptation to just lash out or think that we're totally right and harsh on somebody else's mellow, project out on them, make it about them, throw a tantrum, have a little shit fit, be in a snit. So I would say... That kind of stuff is one way that, that this can manifest. Now, if that does not sound fun to you, and <laughs> you're going like, okay, I don't actually want to do it that way. I don't want to just be buffeted around by this kind of huge emotionality. I'm not in the mood for it. I don't want to screw up my friendships or, um, in my case, my newspaper column that I write. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm just in this over-emotional moment. So the king of... And you may be surprised to hear me say that, because often with Burning Tarot, what you will hear is me saying, wow, I don't appreciate living in a society that has so little regard for our emotions. And that's always forcing us into a box and forcing us to have fewer emotions and express them less. And that is my general feeling. But in this case... I think what's going on is that the deeper emotions, the deeper stuff that's going on with us, with each of us as an individual, and perhaps all of us collectively, it would be better dealt with by taking one of those dives into a lake, by meditating, by dancing. I'm just thinking of different ways that people achieve kind of an altered state that allows us to deal with these energies that roam through our bodies, that swirl through our bodies. Literally go swimming, but be careful. Don't go too far from the shore. <laughs> I am not going to advocate for the use of psychedelic drugs here. Um, I would say this is actually maybe a sketchy time for that. I would save that for later. Um, so it's a time more of getting into the awareness of... There are multiple deeper emotional states that we need to deal with 
if we only ride the surface level, you know, if we're only dealing with, um, uh, I'm getting in an argument with somebody, right? And whoa, I'm really lashing out at them. That's a, that's a good teaching moment. And King of Cups reversed is certainly something, a, a situation where that might occur. But I would say maybe we would be better off in the next week or two if we could take some time to work with our inner selves and our bodies. The deeper connection that we can find through the element of water, our receptivity as individuals, being receptive and understanding. Understanding that we're being influenced by some big woo that we don't always understand. We might follow astrology or listen to a tarot podcaster or whatever, follow a religion. Uh, There's a lot of different ways that we little modern uh, Western civilization people (laughs) try to deal with our woo because our our overriding, you know, scientific realism, materialism culture is very, very unhelpful in this regard. So we have a lot of stuff that we don't know what to do with. Um, And it doesn't really fit the uh, materialism, you know, science model very well. So we kind of get lost because we're being buffeted about by forces that clearly exist forces that are clearly quite large but the smart fancy people in our culture don't even want to acknowledge that that these things exist that puts us at a great disadvantage when those forces are really getting whipped up and pushing us around you see it politically all the time when and it's very fun if you don't follow astrology that's a, a fun way of following different types of woo energy um, to follow an astrologer uh, who's interested in politics. And you'll hear them riff on that kind of theme. And I think that's, I think that's fun. Like politics, larger po- political news, that would be one way of acknowledging, oh, we're all connected. We're part of larger groups. And stuff happens. History marches out in front of us. And... Uh, And we may not understand how it works very well. So in this case, I think that's happening. So large groups of people all having some of the same feelings. If you're feeling big feelings, these big emotions I was talking about, uh, you'll have your own methods for for self-care, for self-protection. Um... The fact that our King of Cups came up mostly reversed suggests that a lot of us are probably not very well set up for this. We're being caught unawares. Hopefully, this Burning Tarot podcast will help you be like, okay, I am aware. These things are brewing and stirring, and it might seem separate from me, but it's not really. It's part of our collective unconscious. There's a big swirling, swirly mass going on, and it's affecting each of us. So to turn the King of Cups right side up, we need to gain a little mastery of our emotions. We need to feel like we can really ride those emotions successfully, surf them. Uh, If you've ever gone surfing, body surfing out in the ocean, think for a moment how you do that. You know, you you go out past the the breaks, you know, like where a wave is smashing into the sand. You scoot yourself past that point in the beach. And then you wait for the waves to come. And then you ride them in. And maybe you're successful and maybe you get smushed into the sand. I remember getting smushed into the sand a lot, visiting my grandmother in Southern California when I was a kid. But it was fun. Um, so picture that. Your, what, you, what you will experience as personal emotion that's actually connected to a much larger ocean are these waves crashing in. So if you just say like, oh, I'm going to change the waves so that I can have a calm swim. All right, good luck with that. You might be able to change the ocean. Good for you. 
for those of us who can't really control the ocean, use a surfing metaphor. Okay, I'm going to pick a good time to go past the break. And then I'm going to surf these in. I'm not just going to stand here and wait for it to clobber me and just wait for a sneaker wave. Uh, If you've been on the Oregon coast or whatever, you're very familiar with sneaker waves. They just come in and they kill people. Wow. Looks like a perfectly nice day. There's some little waves coming in. Big one comes up. You're standing near a log. You get sucked under the log. Wow. This happens. I think every year on the Oregon coast. So we're in a sneaker wave time in our own emotions. And even if we're feeling pretty good or we've kind of got a grip on our stuff, the people around us might be doing this kind of sneaker wave business. So it's a good time to be aware of the waves, to try to ride them gently, to safely enjoy the ocean beyond where the waves break. You can pick another metaphor here. You can get your boat out. I don't know. But to ignore the ocean at this point would be to... It's just like standing on the rocks at Yahats, Oregon, waiting for a sneaker wave to sweep you away. Which happened to some kids of people that I knew. So we don't want that, I assume. We don't want to get clobbered and swept out. King of Cups is here to tell us, okay... That's kind of the tendency. That's kind of what wants to happen here. When we turn the King of Cups upright, he has power. He's learning to ride the greater powers. And it's not by trying to make them stop. It's not by trying to stop the ocean from being the ocean. Because he's smarter than that, right? Uh, and we're using the Smith Rider Weight today, the Centennial Edition. Beautiful illustration by Pamela Coleman Smith, also known as Pixie. So looking at it right side up, the King of Cups is in the middle of an ocean with some stormy or difficult waves. Maybe not stormy, the sky isn't doing much, but choppy waves. He is on a rectangular platform sitting on a throne, rather plain throne. He is dressed primarily in blue and green with little accents of gold and red. And he carries a kind of like a short staff in one hand, maybe with a cup on top. Not sure what that thing is, some magical object. Uh, And that's his left hand and his right hand holds a golden goblet. His feet, uh, one foot is very firmly on his platform. The other one's kind of creeping to the edge of the platform, but it is not touching the water. And typically in this tarot deck, this is kind of the most famous tarot deck, I would say, in in modern times, Um, you know, starting in the 1920s. So you should look at the feet of the characters in any of these cards. Often there'll be things like... um, one foot in the water, one foot on the land. So this gives you an indication of of where the character is standing and how much into the deep weirdo woo they're going, you know. Uh, In the choppy waves behind, we have a giant fish jumping, almost whale-like, but just looks like a fish. And then a ship with red sails that's trying to make its way over these waves the look on the king's face is grim and a bit far away but largely he's he's doing the thing he's not uh being dissuaded so you can interpret this card as as him having a little too much rigidity in the face of the very fluid environment that he's in. Some people prefer the Queen of Cups as a way of riding this ocean. But I think we're being told that our apparent self-mastery is more limited than we realized. We are more likely to be tossed around by 
the emotional woo than than we probably thought was going to happen. So it's a good it's a good card for keeping us on our guard. It's a huge warning card against certain types of indulgence, particularly alcohol. So if you're somebody who uses alcohol as a way to loosen up, um, cope with things, or even if for you it's usually just like a way to help enjoy different types of food, um, be super duper careful of your alcohol imbibing during this time. So probably like, we'll say the next two weeks. Um, King of Cups reversed is very much... You, you need your wits about you. And, um, and the alcohol may have a larger effect on you than it normally would. More effect on your emotional self. And it could be on your physical self, too. So I definitely would contain that. Um, and if there are analogs to that, that, to alcohol, that you use in your life, um, definitely a time to be careful of those. We're going to start walking again. We've been sitting on this lovely, beautiful old log here. Silvery thing. Um, So yeah, that gives us uh, some direction to take. For those who are, uh, who have kind of the self-care in, I'm so sick of that phrase, but I don't know what else to call it. So maybe you're in good shape and you've been taking good care of yourself. And, um... And you don't want to wait for these waves to come and throw you around. Uh, you know, do the deeper work. Go on in there and do some meditation. Like I said before, maybe actual tripping might be too much at this time. It could leave you very vulnerable. Be careful of substances, everybody, including alcohol. But yeah, if you can find the time and the place, find ways to be in the water self uh, that feel pretty contained because we also have this Mars in Gemini influence. I would say this is a great time to limit uh, the internet and limit the number of places that you might piss everybody off or make a fool out of yourself or cause more of a ruckus. Or even just absorb more information than your poor little self wants to really experience. Um, and especially if you're doing some depth work, you might find that you trigger some stuff, you know, in yourself from your past, particularly, uh, or your ancestral past. So familial or ancestral things could come up. Uh, I have sometimes gotten the question of like, what do you mean by that when you say ancestral? I think the easiest example that we have that people understand in our present day culture is if you or someone you know uh, is in a family, a Jewish family, um, that survived the Holocaust or one of the family members or all of the family members got out, but a lot didn't. Um... And I would say even for Jews whose families had left Europe by then, there's still a lot of this. And so that's something that a lot of us can understand. Like, oh, yeah, everybody tried to completely wipe you off the face of the earth. Thousands of millions of people were killed. This is a horrible thing. And this is carried in the energetic lineage of of yourself. And this is true of some of my family members. Um, I'm not Jewish, uh, but others in my family are. And you can see it psychologically, like, oh, these people experienced trauma. And then they raised their children in such and so a way, which resulted in more trauma, different trauma perhaps, in their grandchildren. Uh, Maybe it meant they were disconnected from their Judaism because Judaism, practicing Judaism, putting your menorah in the window on Fridays, you know, began to have a suggestion that this could get you killed. 
And so maybe the family didn't do that anymore. Maybe you're part of a generation where you don't even know your ancestral traditions because they were hidden and cut off. So that's an example. We have learned in recent years that not only is that psychological, but uh, good old science is finally catching up too. It's in the DNA. Um, And there's a fascinating interview uh, with Krista Tippett in the On Being radio show and podcast. But now I'm forgetting the author she talked to. But it's it's about that. It's about um, the genetics of it. So, you know, you can actually change your DNA by experiencing trauma. And then that DNA really does get passed on to your children. If you want to look at it in more woo-woo vibes where you don't actually need a scientific explanation, um, something happens to us energetically. And it's carried through generations. And some of this is carried quite literally. Some of it is... um, Some of it you pick up, whether your parents are adoptive parents or biological parents, some of that woo can pass on to you. And some of it seems to be pretty firmly rooted in the biological. So when we do ancestral work, we are carrying not just like the, you know, the expression, the sins of the father shall be visited upon the son, some of it's that, where we're kind of paying off the um, psychic depths of our elders and people we never met. Um, we're also inheriting lovely things from them. And we're part of a much larger historical chain. When we have times of major water energy, such as this King of Cups thing, combined with this Neptune stuff, it calls our attention to how that functions. And once again, we're, we're not in a culture that helps us deal with it very well. We're in a, uh, most of the listeners of this podcast are unsurprisingly living in English-speaking countries, um, mostly the U.S. and U.K. and India and Australia. Hi, Australia. Um, and we see you know, some other places, too. But these are largely like you know, post-colonial, um, quote-unquote civilized places uh, where there's been a lot of immigration and fragmentation and where there's not a very good history of staying in one place, appreciating your ancestry, experiencing it in that, you know, ancestral location with the land and um, knowing who your people are. You know, uh, I'm an American. I'm a West Coast American. In the area where I live, people make a huge deal out of it. If they've been here, these are like settler, European settler folks. If their families have been here for four or five generations. And that's nice. But some of the indigenous people that they displaced here would have had stories about being on this land for 10,000 years. And they would have had named ancestors that they could speak to in this land. Um, And if you are also a fragmented American, you know, child of immigrants like myself, and you you meet someone with a a longer, (laughs) you know, deeper culture, it can be... It can be very daunting and, you know, humbling. I think we overuse that word, but I mean it for real. Like, very humbling if you are in India and you're talking to somebody whose family, clan, lineage has been part of this geographical area where you are. Like, I remember having that feeling in uh, Tamil Nadu when I was there for a little while. Um, and you know, your people have been there for thousands of years or at least hundreds of years. So all of that is some of that's just literal, like it's people giving birth to other people living in places. But, but the woo side of that is the water element, which is where our cups come in from the, uh, in the tarot. And the deep woo is trying to come through the lineage. 
So when we do ancestral work, we're trying to sometimes repair the lineage. Sometimes we, uh, for those who can kind of travel, if you know what I mean, for those of you who do that, you might be traveling backward in time to interact with or offer healing feelings toward or just simply observe your own ancestral line, people in the past. Uh, of course, our, our lineage extends into the future and people have different feelings about what we should make of that. I think a King of Cups turbulent reversed time is not the time to worry about that future, but it is time uh, it might be for some people a worthwhile time to kind of sit by the lake, do some surfing in the ocean, and be willing to experience and look at different types of oceanic, feeling-based, ancestral stuff. It does not have to make sense, you guys. Like, we live in this culture where, you know, oh, let's make sense out of everything. Just throw that out the window for a bit, if you can. I mean, it's hard. Once you teach a brain language, it's very hard to make it shut up and do anything else. Um, but you might just uh, have, if you believe in past lives in a literal way, this is also a good time for like a past life journey. But do not expect it to be smooth. Be prepared to come out of these experiences and need some space and support to really integrate whatever it is you're learning. And if you're feeling shaky, you might not want to take any big risks or journeys of that sort. But you might want to settle down a little. You might want to sit in a stream or a bath and give yourself enough space to experience what you can't really avoid, right? You, can, you don't have to dive in the ocean, but you can hear it you know, hitting the shore pretty nearby. So really absorb what's going on emotionally, integrate it, understand that you're going to need space to, to do something with it. If, you're, if your schedule is super packed right now, which mine actually kind of is, um, or you're going to Burning Man this week or whatever, like do your best to respect the title turbulence that is trying to come in don't be in denial about it say okay well maybe I need to cancel one appointment or maybe I need to not drink at this one festival where normally I would drink maybe I need to build an extra hour into my day every day for extra sleep and a like a guided meditation that feels comforting to me rather than too tricky or um, scary. For some of you, journaling is a thing. So, hey, journal the heck out of this one. Um, we want to feel confident riding our waves. I think we can get there. Um, but we have to take the time to do it. And I would be interested to find out which of you are approaching this time feeling like, oh yeah, I can totally do water right now. I can do King of Cups reversed. In fact, I'm going to dive in and do, you know, this, this uh, past life regression. And how many of you are like, I don't know if I really want to even deal with this at all. <laughs> and then let me know how the next couple weeks ride out for you. Or let me know today how they started. Just drop a little email to burningtarot at gmail.com. Just a couple sentences about where you're at. I really do love to know all that. And some of you are really great about that and you respond every time I ask. And some of you like never respond at all and then you buy a reading from me two years later and then you're like, oh yeah, I've been listening all this time. You guys, whoever you are, I really want to hear from you. I'm just curious. Um... So, yeah, let me know how the, how the vibe is vibing for y'all. Um, there is more about the kind of link of the energetic body to capitalism and spreading things out over the internet 
that I really want to get into at some point. But this has been a very, very long burning tarot reading, so we'll have to stop now. And in the meantime, you know, notice notice that you might be in a mode of being really reactive, really emotional. You might put that out in the world through the internet, perhaps, and it might come back and bite you in the ass. So, you know, be careful of that. And then just be careful that you might be reacting to somebody else's reactivity. Like, where is that, you know, where is that necessary for you? I had one of those recently where there was a, um, you know, kind of a hot button um, issue around, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but, you know, some of the areas of our lives that have been changed a lot in recent years, and a lot of us are trying to fight for a more progressive world and more inclusive, but then it turns into cancel culture and people get upset. So I got in one of those, and it really, really, really upset me, and... um and I felt it very hard. So that's the kind of thing that might come up. It might not feel like it has to do with your personal life. But look at how it affects your personal person. I would say with the King of Cups reverse, look for where is this personal? Where does it feel personal? Where can I take responsibility for it in a personal way? doesn't mean I'm going to solve the, uh, the subject of argument that this was about. doesn't mean that I'm sad that I stood up for the side that I believed in. But, you know, I kind of went, okay, I said my thing, and I'm sad, and I'm not going to keep arguing about it. I'm done. The other people who all have their belief are going to say their stuff. Okay. So you could be on the lookout for things like that. Um, yeah. All right. This has gone on quite long. I hope it's useful to y'all. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. And I wish you a lovely, lovely week and a half, two weeks.